The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire Master. My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers! What are we drinking today? We're drinking a drink called The District. And it's like a New York sour, but it has the ginger liqueur in it. So that's what makes it different. So, What's a New York sour? I haven't made one of those yet. So I don't even know. Um, <laughs> but it's like one with. But the I'm sure it's liqueur. like a whiskey sour, but it's oh, I see. possibly rye. But this one has rye whiskey. Okay. So a one and a half parts, and then one and a half parts of ginger liqueur, and then three quarters of a part of lemon juice, a dash of Angostura bitters, and then a dash of the Fee Brothers Old Fashioned bitters, which oh. we actually have. Okay. And then a lemon twist. Wow, it's pretty. Yeah. Beautiful orangey color. Shake it. Serve it. Cold. It's pretty good, actually. It's a little bit on the sour side for me. Right. But I, I think, think that's why it's called, a, like, it's the same as a New York sour, but yeah. with... The ginger. See, what you get is the rye's not as sweet no. as bourbon. That's why you're getting more sour. Yeah. So I think you that's what a New York sour definitely get a hit of the ginger, is. though. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. But it's not overpowering. No. I think that's what a New York sour is, is it's using rye instead. So it's not a sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sip on it, though. I'm yes, not going to suck too. this one down. No, no, no. I'm going to sip on this one. <laughs> well, you've spent a month in chastity. Yeah. Just about. In two more days. I know. So yes. you're so you're an expert on the subject. Uh, well, at least for, yeah, my <laughs> pussy chastity. Yes. Yeah. But today we have Kimmy on the pod. And Kimmy has a whole different experience with chastity, totally. so we're going to get to explore that. So, Kimmy, welcome to the conversation. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Kimmy, we always begin our conversation by inviting you to share your journey. And what I mean by that is your sexual journey, starting from when you first discovered yourself as a sexual creature all the way through to what you're dealing with today. So why don't you tell us about your experience? Well, I've always been pretty kinky. Uh even when I was a little kid. And I think I first discovered female domination when I was a lot younger, just through porn when I was a kid. And um, it just, I was just drawn to it. I was always sexually submissive to women and submissive uh, to women in general, and just enjoyed that aspect of it. And even my first just vanilla girlfriends, a lot of times uh, were more dominant in nature uh, than I was. And so it kind of started from there. And I also had some 
experiences with small penis humiliation when I was, you know, in high school and college age. And so later on, when I found out about that kink, that kind of became the center of it. And from there, I found out about fat life and finding my first dom and, you know, learning different things about kink and different ways to serve. And so from there, I found out more about being a sub, a sissy, and, and chastity. Wow, that's quite a journey. It is. Yeah. So you said a lot of things in there that I think need we need to get to. So you describe yourself as having a small penis. So what does that mean, actually? Well, I am only four inches uh, in length, and I know objectively that is smaller. And I had one very humiliating experience with that back in college uh, with someone that, you know, I had made out with at a party and she gave me a hand job. And it was someone who was a mutual friend who knew other people in my social circle and later told everyone about my size. And so that was a very embarrassing moment that was traumatic at the time, but later on um, became fetishized into the small penis humiliation fetish. And from there, you know, I learned more and more about that fetish. And from there came chastity and sissification. So I'm going to go back real quick to the whole outing, which ended up, it seems, working into your existing proclivity of fetish, which is uh, humiliation. But at the time, being outed is not a cool thing. Did Did you confront the person that outed you? No, no, not at the time. I was, I would say about 19 or 20 at the time. No, I just kind of internalized it and kind of didn't even deal with it at the time. Okay, so you have a small penis, you're into female domination. And so tell us about your first experience of real female domination where you went from not really knowing about it completely to really getting into it and actually potentially being put in chastity or or sissified or whatever. How did that first experience occur to you? Well, before I found my first dom, I had another vanilla girlfriend and um, she was very dominant sexually. And I think she was into some kink things that I wasn't even aware of at the time. And that kind of became a little bit abusive. And I didn't really understand what was going on until a couple of years later. And actually, from there on, after that, I didn't want to have sex for a long time, penetrative sex. And so when I found out about being a male sub and a sissy submissive, usually the sissies don't have sex with their female doms. And that was kind of a role that fit into what I'd gone through. And I found my first dom on FetLife, and she was new too, and she was really nice, and we tried different things together, like pegging. I hadn't tried chastity at that point yet with her, um, but we tried, you know, rope bondage and other things like that. So a couple things. With your first girlfriend, did things with her that you said ended up as abusive. Was was that non-consensual play, or was it consensual and just out of control? Yes, it, was just, it wasn't kink play. It was um, just coerced sex uh, when I didn't want it. Got it. Okay. So with your dom, with your first dom, you discovered 
an aspect of sexuality that involved, you said, pegging and non-penetrative sex and rope bondage. You know, how did that evolve into sissification and chastity? So around this time, uh, I found out about sissification on FetLife. And I think that tied into the small penis humiliation uh, fetish kind of appealed to me. And that I would, and it also tied into my um, uh, proclivity for female domination. So I wanted to, you know, serve, you know, serve sexually or serve domestically. And so it grew out of that. And do you see yourself as a female or is it really just the humiliation of being feminized by the sissification that appeals to you? It's really the role, like the kink role of being a sissy sub, not always the humiliation aspect of it, but no, I don't see myself as a female, so I don't consider myself trans or cross-dresser because I never dressed as a sissy until I found out about kink and found out about this role, Um, and so I don't dress normally on my own. It's only a part of the role that I play with my dom. Got it. Okay. And so how far have you taken sissification? Like, What's the extent of your sissification experience? Dressing in panties, pantyhose, um, sissy made outfit while I clean and I serve and I play. Gotcha. Okay. And so have you been involved with this particular dom ongoingly? Is it the same person that you met initially? No. Uh, the dom that I'm serving now, I first met her almost, I think, three years ago, but I didn't start serving then just because of different life situations. We reconnected um, last year in the fall, maybe like around August, September, and we've been talking since then. And and we were talking more and more, and I decided that, you know, we decided that we would, you know, try this out. And so I've been in chastity for her since September 1st of last year. Consistent chastity, like ongoing, like nonstop? Yes. Are you wearing a cage at the moment? Yes, I am. I, I, I'm always wearing a cage for her. It's a requirement of my service. And um, it's a stainless steel cage with, like an, with an open design. So it's very easy to keep clean in the shower and to trim the hair. Good. And does she hold the key or is it, are you just in chastity voluntarily? Well, it's not totally voluntary. Uh, she doesn't have the key at the moment just because we aren't together in the same city. We do live near each other, though. But just because of COVID, uh, we haven't been able to see each other as much. Sure. Okay. So this is kind of a recent and current experience for you. And what I'm interested to know is what's occurred to you about the experience of chastity as time has gone on? Because being in chastity for a few days is one thing, but being in chastity for months is something completely different. Yes, this is definitely the longest I've gone in chastity. At the end of the month, it'll be eight months of continuous chastity. I think the first couple months are definitely the hardest just because, you know, you want to be out. And after that, it gets a little easier. But now I'm at a point where it's always consistently so sensitive and... I mean, it's not easy. It's very difficult. But for me, the way I look at chastity is that as a submissive, chastity is kind of like the sacrifice of giving up my own orgasms and channeling that sexual energy and frustration to being a better sub, to serve her, 
and it helps me focus and think about her. So I'm not quite as far along as you are in chastity. However, this month of anal April (laughs) has been interesting because I'm sure you felt this. You said the first couple months were difficult, but like as I get to the end of my month of pussy chastity, I feel almost backed up, like I need to be milked or something like that in order to release the frustration that I have. How does it occur to you, especially during those first two months? So, I mean, even even though I've been locked in chastity now for almost eight months, that feeling doesn't go away. I always feel backed up. So I have accidents every now and then where it's just so sensitive that I squirt, but still there isn't that same relief of a full orgasm. So even afterwards, I still feel frustrated and backed up. And I think that's a constant part of of long-term chastity. I don't think, I'm not sure if you can get rid of that. If you have an accident like that, do you have to report that to your dominant? Yes, I, I always tell her. And are there consequences that she has for you for ejaculating without permission? There are at times. Other times she just finds it funny um, that I've been backed up and that my body just squirts without any any uh, touching or release. I'm really interested in this aspect of male submission and the combination of chastity and sissification. You know, when I was a bull, this was one of the things that I would aspire to have if I, if my partner had a submissive husband, this is where I would take him. I would take him to chastity and sissification. That's just my own intention. So it, it's really interesting to me to talk to you because I've never really had the opportunity to experience having somebody in prolonged chastity. I'm interested to know, as the chastity has gone on and your tendency to be sissified in the process, have those two things merged into one? Like, do you find yourself thinking of yourself differently as a sissy in chastity than you did just as a sissy? Um, well, this is the longest I've been in chastity, but my sissy role and sissy fetish have actually been going on for a long time now. Um, probably about seven, eight years. Chastity is probably something I've gone into in the last, uh, about three or four. And I definitely do see them together. I think that if you're a sissy, you should be in chastity. And I mean, I, I definitely am a cuckold also to my dom. She has sex with other men. We do not have a sexual relationship that way, and we never will. Um, so she, you know, she lets me know when she goes on dates and sends me pictures and videos. So she teases you. Yes. It's interesting. And so what does the future hold for you? You know, as you look into the future, knowing what you've experienced so far and what you are experiencing now, as you look forward a year, two years, three years, what do you see for yourself in this relationship with this particular dominant? Well, I'll actually be moving closer to her because of my new job. And uh, that way I'll be able to serve her all the time in person as well. We'll be doing more domestic service, like uh, doing chores, cleaning, doing laundry, dishes, that kind of thing. But also, uh, you know, serving as her sissy plaything, serving her and her friends and her and her bulls also. And so when you think in terms of serving her bulls, 
do you think in terms of giving blowjobs, getting pegged by the bull, or just just her? My dom has already made it clear that I will be serving the bulls too by sucking their cocks. This actually is something I haven't done yet and has taken me, I think, years to get used to the idea and finally uh, accept it and be okay with it because I naturally am only drawn to women sexually, but as a submissive uh, and as a sissy cock in chastity, I have given up my sexuality to my dom and I have given her that choice of what to do with my sexuality. And I know that this is the way that I will be serving. So with that, if she's preparing you for that, are you practicing on dildos and things like that so you can be prepared for a bull? I'm not at this moment, but um, I definitely will be. So you need to start practicing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I guess what I want to ask you, if you can think back to your younger self, back when you were outed, when you were discovering your sexuality, because there's other people out there just like you, and there's young people listening, what would you have told your younger self? Now that you know where you are now, what would you have told the younger you? I would have said to be okay with who you are and your whole body and accept it all. It took me a long time, I think, to accept my small penis. And it was something that I was ashamed of and embarrassed about. But as I grew to accept it and grew to accept the kinks that came from that and that experience, I have been able to get past the the past trauma and enjoy my my sex life. I'm interested to know how sex occurs to you as somebody who's primarily sexually engaged with pegging. Like that that's the way sex occurs to you from what I understood you to say. So I want to make sure first of all that I I'm hearing you correctly. So is that accurate? No, I uh define sex for me as serving. So doing things like chores, cleaning, you know, vacuuming, laundry, dishes, and then giving oral service, uh, eating my dom's pussy and ass, worshiping her feet. That is what I consider sex. I see. And so she's no longer pegging you is what I'm, is how I'm hearing that. Is that accurate? No, that can be an aspect of it. But I mean, all of that, the whole the whole service of it is, is what I consider sex. No, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Okay, so back to pegging. So I'm interested to know how pegging occurs to you. Actually, anal isn't my favorite thing. It's still something I'm being trained in. But, you know, when I get pegged, it's it's still a little painful for me. And so, yeah, that's definitely an area that we're, we're still working on. As an anal slut with a master who is very considerate on my anal training, when you say painful, that makes me concerned. So... My question would be, is the dildo too big that's being used with strap-on? Secondly, lube, 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 you can never have too much lube. And then thirdly, are you wearing a butt plug too daily? I'm not wearing a butt plug daily, but I should be. I've been through certain periods where I do wear it daily. And I think, yeah, I just need more practice to get used to the size just by going up in size from a smaller size. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty tight also. Well, anal training will really help you become more comfortable with anal sex. Where it's enjoyable. Where it's enjoyable for you. Especially on a male because of the ability to hit the prostate. Yeah. So I would definitely 
just on yourself, just my advice to you would be start using a small dildo on yourself and then gradually increase the size of that. And butt plugs help because you can go up in size in butt plugs and that's a sustained way where your muscles can learn to relax around it so that the initial penetration is something of a shock at times, but then you're able to find that relaxing point. But that's part of the training. Yes, those are all uh, very good tips. Thank you. So as you think about your experience sexually, it's a very interesting journey as a submissive male. And there are many, many men who are submissive who maybe haven't expressed themselves as a submissive so far. So what would you tell these people who are struggling with their own identity, but also happen to be submissive, but they just haven't taken that first step? What would you share with them based on your experience? I've met all my doms through FetLife. So I would say, you know, to find the right people on there and send earnest messages and to get a conversation started. It does take a long time and it takes a lot of research to find the right person. But I think if you're in a vanilla relationship, you should share these types of thoughts and feelings with your partner. And I think most men would be surprised that a lot of women out there would uh, be open to this. I definitely think that's true. I think that there are very, very, very receptive women who are interested in connecting with their partner emotionally and sexually in a way that's pleasing to their partner. And I think that if you share what you're really all about and they have their own experience of you, it might be interesting for both of you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So you've shared with us that you're into chastity, sissification, pegging, and you're a service sub. And bondage. And bondage. So what other kinks are you involved in that are, oh, you also said foot fetishes. Yeah. So what other kinks are you involved in that might be interesting to talk about? Ball busting and cock and ball torture actually were one of my first early fetishes that I still, you know, practice. That's more of a, a punishment. Uh, nipple torture also. And um, just general, all, all kinds of humiliation, and degradation. So let's talk about ball busting and cock and ball torture. So what have you experienced there so far? Uh, well, having my balls tied up and uh, beaten, either slapped or punched or um, hit with a wooden spoon. I haven't experienced ball kicking yet. That could be something that I'm open to. I think I would have to build my pain tolerance. That makes me laugh because quite a while ago, I met a submissive. And as we were leaving, because I wasn't quite pleased with the submissive, he did beg me to kick him in the balls, and I did kick him in the balls. <laughs> so it was quite interesting uh, situation. <laughs> well, Kimmy, it's been interesting chatting with you about your experience, and I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts. And I just wonder if there's anything left that hasn't been said that you'd like to say to our listeners about being a male submissive, chastity sissy sub well i think um a lot of male submissives think about their kinks and their pleasure when they approach doms but what i've learned about being a sub and being in chastity is that it's all about the dom so for me being sexless being in chastity is me showing my submission by you know showing my dom that 
I don't, I don't need those aspects of my sexuality. I, I can give that up so that I can be a better sub and focus on her and her pleasure and to serve her. I think that puts it very succinctly. Yeah, it does. And correctly, because you're right. As a service sub, you serve her. Because she's already told me that, you know, being locked in chastity is going to always be a requirement to be owned by her. And yeah, I mean, having sex is not going to be an option. Got it. Yeah, I get it. Well, Kimmy, thank you for coming on the pod. I really appreciate you sharing. Yeah, totally. That's so forthcoming. And it's helpful because others will hear themselves in your sharing. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!